Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Ian, and this is Maggie. And on this episode, we're doing the 16th Best Picture winner, Casablanca. So this is a movie I imagine everyone's at least heard of, right? I, I mean, like, even I had heard of it prior to you making me watch it, so... Yeah, like, sh- <laughs> like surely. Also, it's, you know... Introducing you to the movies, Ian. I'm not forcing you to watch them. Let's not let's not make it sound like you. I mean, you're holding my eyes open for everyone. So like, it's let's really not exhausting for me, actually. <laughs> um, anyway, as Ian was saying, we're doing Casablanca, and um, I would say that you know when people talk about classic movies, this is probably one of the first ones that comes to mind. I would agree, and honestly, coming off of that. Like watching it for now, I think the third time, I am totally on board with it. Yes, I always get a little bit nervous because up front, this is one of my favorites. Um, I was going to have another it happened one night moment here. (laughs) (laughs) Flawless movie. Um, But, uh, you know, I always get a little nervous when we do a film that, you know, is one of my favorites and is a film that I really love because. Sometimes when we rewatch films I've seen before for the podcast, I'm watching them with a more critical eye. And so I pick up on like more of the flaws and I just kind of mm-hmm. like notice more and don't get swept away as much. I think Casablanca holds up. I agree. Quick synopsis for people who have maybe heard of it, but like aren't super familiar with what it's about. It is about American expatriate uh, played by uh, Humphrey Bogart. And he has a cafe in Casablanca, which was a city that a lot of refugees fleeing World War II and fleeing um, the Nazis on the European continent would make their way to Casablanca in order to get to Lisbon in order to get to the United States. So he has a cafe in Casablanca, and he has these letters of transit that will allow two people to leave Casablanca to get to Lisbon, to get to the U.S., and his long lost love who left him at a train station in Paris suddenly appears with her husband and needs the letters. And so basically this movie's a giant love triangle that plays <laughs> out against the backdrop of like the re- plight of refugees during World War II. I kind of love that you characterized <laughs> it that way. I was going to go with Willy Wonka and the Golden Ticket, but no, I, I like think love triangle. It's <laughs> a little bit more apt. Um, so I'm going to try and go through background pretty quickly. There's actually kind of some interesting facts, so it's going to be a little longer than normal. with the quotes. Yes. Um, so it is directed by Michael Curtiz and is based on a play by Murray Bennett and Joan Allison. Um, it was an unproduced play called Everybody Comes to Rick's. Uh, and the release was actually rushed to take advantage of the Allied invasion of North Africa. Oh, yeah. that's convenient. Um, yes. Um, so as Ian mentioned, uh, the quotes from this movie so the script is fantastic and the dialogue is amazing six of the lines appear on the american film institute's list of the top 100 movie quotes that is the most out of any other movie and do you know what years they looked at like what what is the cutoff year or is it a continually revised list um i believe the cutoff year from that one was at the earliest 1990. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so still a sizable yes, like, chunk yes, of films. Yes, um, yes, for sure. But so the six quotes are, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Play it, Sam. Play as time goes by. Round up the usual suspects. We'll always have Paris. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine. Like, I would imagine a oh. lot of people have actually paraphrased those and not well, realized play it again, what it was. Well, yeah, it, that is one of the most misquoted lines mm-hmm. in movie history. But, like, this is the start of a beautiful friendship. 
or round up the usual suspects. Like these are lines that the first time you watch this movie and, you know, not even with the lines, but a lot of stuff, the first time you watch this movie, you're like, oh, that's where that comes from. Ah, I love it. Um, Other awards and nominees. So Michael Curtiz won for Best Director. Humphrey Bogart was nominated for Best Actor but didn't win. Claude Rains, who plays Inspector Renault, who I adore in this film, um, was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Julius and Philip Epstein and Howard Koch won for Best Writing for Screenplay. Arthur Edison was nominated for Best Cinematography. Owen Marks, I believe, was nominated for Best Film Editing, and Max Steiner was nominated for Best Music. So we have another Steiner score. Which was delightful. Yes. um, Okay, I will say he does lay heavily or lean heavily on this technique where he will take very recognizable music and invert it, which... I think is brilliant. I think it's brilliant. Yes, he uses... I sometimes worry that it's overdone, but again, that's with my modern-day context where it's been beaten like a dead horse. How dare you talk about Max Steiner like that, Ian? He's dead. He doesn't care. I care. <laughs> um, but he, and he uses a lot of period-appropriate music. Yes. That is something he does a lot, and he will weave that through his scores and, like you said, do variations on it, change the key or the tempo. And I I think it's super effective, obviously. He's, like, my favorite film score composer of all time, probably. Oh, yeah. Don't don't take my snide comments to mean that I didn't like it. <laughs> um, this is also number two on the American Film Institute's top 100 movies list. There you go. That's yeah. all you need to know. I think we're done here. Um, <laughs> other nominees um, for Best Picture from that year, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Heaven Can Wait, The Human Comedy, In Which We Serve, Madame Curie, The More the Merrier, The Oxbow Incident, The Song of Bernadette, and Watch on the Rhine. So I have, I think I've only seen like one of those, but there are a couple that I definitely recognize the name of, but mm-hmm. like, I, I think it's safe to say that like Casablanca, like we're, we're pro Casablanca winning. And I think it would be kind of hard to find someone who isn't, I'm sure they're out there, but yeah, I was going to say careful that being disproven. Is no, no, no. Really I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there are people who don't like the movie. Why? I simply can't imagine, but you know, it's. I, there's a reason it's a classic. Yeah. So with that, watch notes. I know we've rambled a little bit at the beginning, and we're we're definitely singing its praises. I mean, we're. What do you mean we're done singing its? praises? No, I said we're definitely singing oh, its praises. Okay. I was gonna say we're about to sing its praises for like a full hour. Yeah. Get, buckle <laughs> up, you guys. <laughs> Spoiler alert: We liked it. Um, yeah. So I mean, if we want to just yeah, dive let's jump into right in. it, I'm good. So I. I'm going to renege on my previous comment. I did not like the map beginning. <laughs> I don't dislike it, but like, it's not the thing that I think about when I think about the movie. Like it, yes. I will say the one thing with it is I feel like something like that was probably an inspiration for the Indiana Jones map stuff, which I really love. Um, but I, I think the thing with that is that it really quickly sets up what the situation is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I imagine, you know, the, the, basically the refugee trail out of Europe is probably something that your average American was not super familiar with. So I understand why they felt the need to explain that. Oh, definitely. I like it served a purpose, but I didn't like how that feels like a completely separate component it to felt, the rest it of the movie. It felt a little so, bit like a, mo- like a newscast. Like I'll give gripe, you that. I'll give you that. But yeah. It did set the stage well for it. Okay. We're in. Yes, I will say that is, in my opinion, the weakest part of the movie. Now, the scene or the 
I guess, series of scenes that happen right after that, I love. So you're in Rick's Cafe American. You get, I think, a shot of the exterior, and then you're in the cafe, which the set design, amazing. Oh, it's fantastic. Amazing. And um, I love how, with the set design, they have a very light, airy, like everything is super light just like Rick is gonna be made out to be. So like when we see some of his competitors and their establishments and bars, like the contrast between the two is amazing. It's a pretty classy joint. Like everyone's dressed very very nicely nicely too. Have Um, good champagne and... uh, Oh yeah, they had some champagne cocktails or some champagne cocktails, which we also had while watching this movie. French 75s, it was worth it. Um. But as you move through the cafe, the camera kind of jumps between these like various little vignettes of people talking basically about their situation. Like there's a woman trying to sell like a, is it a ring or a necklace? Like she's trying to sell some like very nice piece of jewelry and like the guy's like, I'll give you this much. And she's like, it's really worth like twice that. Like, could you do anything more? And he's like, no. And she like has to take it because she needs the money because she Mm -hmm. needs to get out. Like you get the idea of like how desperate a lot of these people are and it's done so well and like so efficiently. Oh yeah. And I mean that I think mirrored very well what was going on in Europe at the time. I know like I have extended family who like a generation back went through that moving out of Poland. So yeah. <laughs> I've heard stories of how you just like up and leave. Yeah. Cause yeah. If you so, don't... well, and it's, I think it's an interesting contrast because you, they're in, you know, this very nice nightclub and a lot of them are dressed very nicely. So it's like this idea that there's almost a little bit of a charade going on, which I think we also see very much with the character of like Renault and Strasser and like how everyone kind of handles the situations that arise during the movie is there's like this, very, very thin layer of like civility yes. over everything, but Renault they're so yes, that, they're so close to like breaking that. Mm-hmm. Well, and like, I think that opening very much establishes that. Yeah, and then with Renault, um, I forgive me for my forgetting the exact order in which all of this happened, but I know that Renault is really. I guess flustered that some of these high-ranking German officials are going to be well. So yeah, so Renault is an officer in the like French military police Mm -hmm. um, that are in charge at the time because Morocco was a French colony at the time, Mm -hmm. Um, and he's under the French Vichy government. So when the Germans marched into Paris, took Paris, and the French government fell, you had it kind of split into two pieces. So there was the Free French that a lot of people representing that portion of the government left went to London and they were very much fighting against the Germans and and the Germans. And then there was the Vichy government that was really kind of considered a bit of like a puppet state for the Germans, but they Mm -hmm. were the ones who were like, basically like we're standing in for the French government, but we are very much like giving in. Yeah. They're still basically German. They're collaborating. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so Renault is part of that French Vichy government. And, you know, he talks at one point about Rick Humphrey Bogart's character mm-hmm. as being very neutral. Renault is like the true neutral to me. Like yes. Renault is in it for Renault. And at one point he explicitly says, like, I go whichever the way the wind blows. And a German officer is like, in which way is it blowing right now? And he's like, present from Berlin. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's perfect, again, to see how this one character is like, I'm going to hold it together by changing the way that I run all of this and show the German officers a good time. And like, here's Rick's establishment. Why don't we get the good champagne? Because 
Um, Honored guests. Because what is also established at the very beginning of the movie is kind of, and again, like I love how efficient the script is because we immediately understand how desperate all these people are. And we also understand like the quote inciting incident is that two German couriers have been killed and they have these letters of transit. Mm -hmm. And um, after we are introduced to Rick, which I love the way we're introduced to Rick, where you just have people kind of trying to go into, so you have the part of the cafe at the front that's kind of like the nightclub, and then you have the back doors where the gambling's clearly going on. Oh, but he's like, there's no yes, gambling but in you my have, establishment. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's like there, but we all pretend it isn't. But you have people trying to get back into the gambling part of the establishment, and the guy manning the door, every time someone comes up, he'll look over at Humphrey Bogart, who's just, which the character's name is Rick, Heads up, I'm going to be saying Bogey or Humphrey Bogart the entire time because how could you not? Why don't you call him Ricky? Ew, no, that doesn't <laughs> fit. Ew, stop. <laughs> anyway, so Humphrey Bogart is sitting at a table kind of off on his own in like a white dinner jacket. He's got like an untouched drink on the table. And every time someone comes to that door, the doorman looks at him and he either nods or shakes his head. And then the person is in or out. And it's yeah. like the perfect introduction. You have the one guy who wants to go in, but like Rick shakes his head and is like, no, and they won't let him in. He's like, do you know who I am? And all this stuff. And then Rick just gets up and he's like, yeah, I do. And you're lucky the bar's open to you. <laughs> Wonderful singers. So quippy. I also loved Rick's costuming throughout, but here seeing him first, it's the way they set him off with all of the light colored suits is amazing. Mm -hmm. And again, I think... In, I kind of view him as like the white hat of the situation. And I love how they continually reinforce that with all of these yeah. more subtle cues throughout the film. Yeah. Um, though it's very much like Renault says he's, you know, he's like, Rick is truly neutral. Like he's the most neutral person person I've ever known. But, but you like, can have a heart and still be neutral. Well, and Rick does. And yeah. we get to see that. There's this thing I want to talk about later that like, We'll get to that, it. <laughs> there's a scene later, which is where we're like, oh, Rick actually has like a heart of gold. So after our introduction from Rick, we get an introduction to Ugarte, played by Peter Lorre. Who, and let's just, okay, let's just talk one moment about what a star-studded cast this is. So of course you have Humphrey Bogart. Mm -hmm. Inger Bergman's going to come in as Ilsa Lund soon. Uh, like the main female character. Careful, I might get started on that scene already. <laughs> I, know, I know, we'll talk about it. Pierre Laurie, who is one of the greatest character actors of all time. Uh, Paul Henreid, who plays Victor Laszlo, who is also amazing. Claude Rains as uh, Renault, And uh, I think it's Sidney Greenstreet, who plays Ferrari, Rick's like main competitor on the black market. Let me confirm that. Yeah, it's Sidney Greenstreet. Like, it, the, the cast is incredible. Ah, oh, but they gave Ugarte such a small part. But like you, he's so important though. <laughs> he is. Because he's the one that has the, the papers. Mm -hmm. for... And he gives them to Rick to hold because Rick doesn't like him. And that's the only reason he trusts him. Which I love that circular logic there. <laughs> like, their, okay. their banter was so good too. It's Everyone's very evident. banter is so good. It is. It's, it's like very evident that Rick, in this scene at least, is able to read people very, very well. Mm -hmm. And is like, I don't like you. You're trouble. I know you are. But he takes the letters. He does. Because at this point, we also learned that like Rick very much wants to get back to the US too. He's kind of mm -hmm. been stuck in Morocco for a while and he wants to get back. 
Yeah. And there's that whole conversation too with the generals about like there are parts of New York you don't want to invade, which I thought yeah, again, because, really because good. Because Renault, I think as you mentioned earlier, Renault has brought kind of this yes. Major Strasser, who is I guess the highest ranking German who in the city. I don't know what exactly like I, I his think official he's like capacity some is. General that flew in from Berlin. He's not a general, he's a major. Oh. Because his bad. name's Major Strasser. <laughs> like, that's what they call him. Whoops. Throughout the movie. I'm so He's glad General to know. General Major Strasser, I am, Maggie. I'm so glad to know you were paying attention. I'm going to question literally everything you say now. <laughs> um, but yeah, he. I guess he'd be like the highest ranking German official. What exactly his official capacity is, I don't know. But like, he's a German officer. Renault brings him into Rick's and like introduces him to Rick. And the amount of tension around that table as like Rick and Strasser kind of feel each other out. And like Renault is so amused by it. Renault just likes to stir the shit. Well, he does. <laughs> he like very subtle, very subtly like stir the pot, but he also like, again, cause hopefully something good comes out of it for him. Oh yeah. Again, he's self-interested. Oh yeah. So was this set before or after Pearl Harbor? Because like that, I feel, contextualizes that conversation yeah, a little bit. it's better. set before. Okay. Then that makes a whole bunch yeah. more sense with Rick. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's why he talks about how Rick is truly neutral. Love it. Yeah. And, that, and that's it. why Rick is kind of – he's not not in danger. <laughs> well, but you're he's, in Morocco where everybody's trying to get out. And right. And technically so like, under like – a pseudo German rule here. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. Know. It's everyone's on a little bit of shaky ground, but um, you know, as an American expat on like technically French soil, but French controlled by German soil, while the U.S. and Germany are not technically at war, but there's definitely hostile feelings there. Like all of that is in that conversation at that table, even though like they're just talking about like oh what brings you to Casablanca and uh, how long do you think you're gonna stay yeah like it's oh loaded question such oh, yeah. a loaded question oh, yeah, but again it's, fantastic it's really here. good and so I think next major introduction we get is to Ingrid Bergman's character yes which holy shit well also I just want to mention real quick that Rick has taken the letters from Ugarte and hidden them in. Sam's piano. So yes. Sam is um, a musician, and I would say also probably Rick's best friend. Probably, like um, we get the beautiful scene with them later. Yeah, we'll they they have great bit. scenes together. Um, but they have been friends before Casablanca. Traveled together, came to Casablanca, and Sam plays the piano at uh, the cafe. Yeah. So she walks in with who we learn is her husband. We don't yes. know that. At Ugarte first. has also already been arrested. Yes. So sorry. Like. I'm skipping all no, these No, no, it's points. totally fine. Um, but this is the next big uh, introduction mm -hmm. there. And l absolutely love the lighting on well, her in every okay. single scene. Well, it's also Ingrid Bergman, so I don't think she would look bad in any lighting. But the her lighting the green, on her she'll is... she'll look bad, I guarantee. <laughs> no, never. But the lighting is amazing on her. And I love that we have no context up to this point of who this character might be, but the mm -hmm. minute she walks in and the way she is so clearly uncomfortable to be in that cafe, we like kind of know immediately that like something's up. Like, even if we don't know exactly what's up, we're like, okay, like this character super important. And like, there's clearly some sort of history here. Yeah. And I mean, you can see that boat with, 
Rick's character too. Mm-hmm. When he sees is, her, he immediately stops. Yeah. And th- was this pre or post safe scene? Because I want to say that he had to go up to the safe to get something. And I really like the lighting there. That's the only reason I'm doing that. <laughs> but I'm trying to remember well, if he that, like, well, saw actually, her and ran away or not. No, 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 no. I think he walks right up to them because she's there with uh, who we find out is her husband, Victor Laszlo, who is this like renowned um, Czech resistance fighter. Mm-hmm. So and, the Germans want him. Yes, which is I, maybe partially why Strasser's there. So yes, that is it. Is that why Strasser's there? Okay. Is that they've heard that Laszlo's in Casablanca and Strasser's supposed to keep him from leaving. Um, because Lazlo had previously escaped a concentration a concentration camp, so it's like keep him from leaving slash probably take him under custody again. Mm-hmm. But the safe scene, I actually wanted to mention that really quickly because if it's the one I'm thinking about, you also get the idea that like Rick, for all of his like hard boiled detective vibe, even though he's not a detective, like it's Bogey, so he has that vibe. Um, <laughs> it's. Like, you get the idea that, like, he's a good employer, a fair employer, because I think it's the guy who runs, like, the gambling tables for his establishment comes up and he's like, we need money from the safe. We have to pay out. Like, I'm so sorry, boss. He's like, no, no, no. Like, it happens some nights. Like, it's not your fault. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. We we love Rick a lot. He's, He's a very wonderfully nuanced character. Oh, also, okay. So, talking... So talking about when Laszlo and Ilsa come in, can mm-hmm. we talk for a minute about how Laszlo has the balls to reserve a table under his name in occupied territory? I think that was very foolish of him. I if I'm being honest. Loved it. Well, but is it like is he gonna see it as occupied? He better. I don't like is he an idiot? No, he's clearly not an idiot. Like I I don't know. It's I mean, it's not like Fully occupied. Like, that again, it's like uh, one yeah. of those weird areas. Like. Yes. But I do agree that, like, that is the perfect introduction to the sort of stuff that he does. Because, again, he's yeah. been publishing resistance articles in a paper. Yeah. Like, to the point that he, we come to find out that he was not even a, well, Ingrid Bergman's character was like, you are not allowed for us. How did he put it? He, like, he they couldn't would, even tell people that they were married. Yeah, that's, sorry. Fearing for her Stumbling safety. over my yeah, words. No yeah, no worries. <laughs> so, I, but again, the efficiency of this script, because you immediately get the idea of what kind of personality he has, because he walks into this cafe, is like, I have reserved a table, even though this place is crawling with Germans. And yeah. he's reserved it under his own name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Delightful. I love it. <laughs> and then, of course, Rick has a drink with them, which is... Not something Rick does with patrons. And of course, we have this other great, all the great scenes in this movie happen around like little tables. And I they love it. They do. Well, and it's all like focused in on the action on them, which is, it is. why we love it. It is. Like, even though I found this to be fairly plot driven, like some of the interesting moments, as you say, are really the interactions and the relationships between the characters. Well, there's a couple like actiony moments in this movie, but by far. Like, I would say the most of the movie is just people talking. Yeah. 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 Which is great because the characters are so great and the dialogue so good. Like, I'm mm-hmm. so here for it. Um, but it's seated around this little table. You have Lazla, you have Ilsa, you have Rick, and you have Renault. <laughs> Once just again. Just hanging out. Just in this conversation. <laughs> stirring the pot a little bit because he's, of course, like, making... 
I would say normally they would seem like creepy comments about like how beautiful Ilsa is, but like it's Claude Rains being like super charming the whole well, time. And he's also making comments about like, if I were a woman, I would find Rick very attractive. Yeah, yeah. So it's like he's diffusing the creepiness. Yeah. At least in my mind. <laughs> no, the the way Claude Rains delivers the lines for the character and the way he plays it, like I think that is a character. And, like, there are some very, like, smarmy aspects of his character that we will talk about. But, like, oh, the yeah. way Claude Rains plays it, I think, allows the character to be more, like, funny and charming. Whereas that character could very easily just go into, like, straight creeper territory. Well, he's out for himself. So, like, he is the rat of yeah. the movie. Oh, yeah. So yeah. He's a very charming rat. Exactly. If he didn't have his charm, we wouldn't like him. Yes. Ian, we've made a really big mistake. Oh no, what did we do? <laughs> we forgot to mention what led up to that wonderful conversation of those four characters sitting around a table. And it's what, oh, this is, is where one of one the One of the most famous scenes from. in the movie. We're so sorry. Oh, Bear we're, with us. We're, we're going to go back. We're, just, we're bad at this. I think it's we're fine. officially bad at this now. So everyone, I'm so sorry. Please come <laughs> back and listen to another episode. We'll get better, I promise. <laughs> okay, so Sam recognizes Elsa. Or is it Elsa recognizes Sam? Anyway, they're over at this nice little table together. and Laszlo she's like, gets up yes. to go talk to his contact at the bar from the Resistance because he needs those letters of transit. Yes. And... Again, forgive me for not remembering the plot device that brought or, Sam and Elsa or together. the beautiful shot of Ingrid Bergman sitting at this table by herself. Okay, no, I have a note on that, that just she's lit immaculately. Like, that's the only Constantly. word that I can think in every scene. So anyway, we have the scene between Sam and Elsa that's adorable. Well, adorable is the wrong word. It's really sweet, sweet. because you can tell that she is reminiscing about better times. Again, we don't know what the better times are yet, which is why I think I was kind of on the edge of my chair here. I was going to say, you're going to have to be more the person who reminds me of what we do and do not know at each point in the movie, because I've seen this too many times. I got you. I can, I can help with that. Cool. As long as I don't forget major plot points. moving forward. it's fine. I forgot Um, this one too. Like (laughs) chronology, not my strong suit. Um, well, you've seen it five times, six times, 15 more than, times. More than I don't know. <laughs> um, and this is when you get the play it again, Sam yes. line. So she calls him over with his, or she gets someone to like get the piano person over. She's like, the guy playing the piano, can you like call him over here? And she says hello to Sam and Sam like acknowledges her, but like clearly is not happy to see her. And at one point, finally turns to her and is like, just leave him alone, Miss Elsa. Yeah. And that's when we realize that there's this massive like backstory. Yeah. We're like, we oh, there's no a idea. history. There is a history with Rick and Elsa. And then that's when she says the play at Sam, play as time goes by. Which this song comes back in this beautiful Steiner score, like multiple times mm-hmm. in different transpositions in a minor key. Like it's, it's fantastic. But that is what brings Rick over. Because yeah. he's like, I thought I told you never to play that again. And then he looks over and he sees Elsa and there's kind of the like jarring like freeze frame almost on both of them. But it's, <laughs> it works because this movie is very dramatic. Like I would say if you did not have actors as skilled as the actors in this movie and you didn't have things like the great set design and like mm-hmm. the great dialogue and everything, like this could very easily in less expert hands go into melodrama territory. Yes, agreed. 
but I didn't think it did. So no, no, no. I think, no. I think it rides the line perfectly because the stakes are very high in this movie. Like every, you know, for a lot of characters, like this is a life or death situation, or if not, you know, exactly a life or death situation. It's very close. Yes, agreed. Well, and I think that they honestly in this scene, one thing that I did remember as well is how they used zooms, like subtle and slow zooms in certain cases to like mm-hmm. increase that dramatic effect. And this was one place where I definitely noticed it, especially because we have a whole bunch of relatively static shots that they're using um, leading up to it, just focused on the action that's happening between a couple couple characters. So um Again, with the like cinematography and quite frankly the film editing here, I think that's really where it shined. Um, well, one example of where it shined. Yeah. So love the scene. Skipping ahead to another scene that we both really, really loved. It's after the bar is closed, all the lights are down, and Rick is sitting drinking. Well, and the contrast is brilliant because we just went from this very busy, lively, well-lit cafe to mm-hmm. now it is almost completely in shadow and it's just rick and sam there yes and you get the like search it's not a searchlight but the tower light from the airport that's right outside the front door of yeah. rick's like on the windows a couple every so often as it's rotating yeah. about and uh just like the emptiness that they were able to create with that vast change mm-hmm. oh i loved it and this is also one of the sweetest scenes between rick and sam because yeah. you get you begin to understand how much Sam actually does care for Rick as a friend and is like, well, here, I want to help you. Yeah. Well, he's saying like, why don't we just go? Like, let's just go somewhere else for a while. Like, let's like take a week or two and like go on vacation. Basically. Like he just wants to get Rick away from Ilsa because we know we're about to find out in like kind of a, not like a dream sequence, but like, I guess a flashback. We're about to yeah. find out in a flashback, like what exactly happened between them. Mm-hmm. But like, we we know going into that that it's something so serious because Sam is so urgent about this. Yes. And that's where – so we have that as time goes by, comes back, and it's well, like, okay, you played it for her, Sam. Play it for me. You can play it for me. And um, that's when we, I think we also get the line from the, of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world. She had to walk into mine. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> so then we flash back to Preoccupation Paris. Mm-hmm. And this is where we come to find out that Elsa and Rick were romantically involved. Yeah. Before and during the first days of German occupation. In or Paris. as the Germans were marching towards Paris. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because they were able to get out yeah. eventually. Um, but that's where we get kind of the first of many, here's looking at you kids. Oh my goodness. They that, use that a I lot. Love that line. <laughs> and they're popping champagne. It's so, it's so good though. Like, um, I love that line. Um. But yeah, we, you know, we get the idea that their relationship is, you know, really good. And then, of course, the Germans march yes. into Paris. Before we get to the Germans, though, I do want to point out, there was a disco ball somewhere. There was. And, and I we didn't know like, disco Whoa. balls existed then. So that's that was kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, I, I could see it coming out of the 1920s. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing it was like co-opted in the 70s. Yeah. That would be my yeah, guess. Yeah, it would but have to be. But anyway. I've just never thought about it existing any other place than the 1970s or middle school dance. Yes. So, <laughs> Which, I mean, it was in this really sweet scene of Elsa. And, yeah, but uh, we were both like, wait a minute, is that a disco ball? <laughs> yeah, and then they're just dancing that's on the not, floor. That's it's, not on the movie. That's on us. Yeah, definitely on us. It was like our crow moment. Um. <laughs> but yeah, so 
uh, the Germans are marching into Paris. And I like the way they do that because Ilsa and Rick are having like a really sweet moment. And then you suddenly just hear the loudspeakers. Um, someone's announcing something in German and mm-hmm. Ilsa translates and it's the Gestapo. And she's like, they're telling us to like prepare to be occupied basically. And like, we should all be down on the streets to like welcome the army in, which, yeah. Oh, that, that I had like a visceral reaction to that. I mean, they're drinking champagne celebrating, yeah. like saying they're going to go off together. Right. That's well, that's when I think they make the plan to go off. Yeah. Together. But then, okay. The Germans are there and well, they, well no, they're going to go off together. Like they decide they're going to leave together because of the Germans. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, is that the same scene? It's either this exact scene or like one right after where, um, uh, you can tell something's up with Ilsa, but you're not exactly sure what, but like, that's when she has the, you know, kiss me, kiss me as if it were the last time. And I love the shot when he kisses her, it then kind of like pans down her shoulder and she has her hand like kind of in a loose fist and it just like falls on the table and knocks over the glass of champagne. Party foul. There was so much champagne. I'm so disappointed. There's so they many emotions, it. Ian. It was okay. It was beautiful. It was, but a beautiful I loved, scene. I loved that shot. Um, and then of course there's Sam and Rick. At the train station in the rain, Ilsa hasn't shown up and they have to leave. Yes. Well, and there was some dialogue here too that I really liked about Ilsa being reticent to plan to get married like at the train station down south. So again, really good writing that's like, we know something is going on behind the scenes and we kind of see the writing on the wall, or at least I had a feeling that she was going to leave him at the platform Mm -hmm. like she did. Um but oof, that was yeah, really, really good. And then the platform scene, like I loved how Sam has this letter from Ilsa that is he gives to Rick. And reading it, it's like, I can't be with you. I'm sorry. And you have the rain pouring down, yeah. splattering the letter and like Which running again, the words. Which again, I don't know if this is the first movie that they did that in, but like it's such a cliche. And I feel like this movie is certainly what made it such a cliche. But standing on the rain or in the rain on the platform with the letter telling from like your loved or your loved one telling you that like they can't be with you is like the ink runs. But because in the rain. of the way they did it, I just ate it up. I know, I know. <laughs> well, it's, the actors are so good; like they sell it to you a hundred percent. Yeah. So again, that that was like the end of the the mm-hmm. flashback that we got, and um. We're back in the darkened bar and Ilsa walks in, beautifully framed in the doorway. And in white. Yes. Like in stark contrast yeah. to this dark bar backlit by that spotlight well, that we mentioned earlier. Bogey oh. is still wearing um, the white dinner jacket too. So like the two of them really pop in the darkness. Yes. Now, again, I'm saying white. It's a black and white film. So it may have been like Robin's egg blue. I don't know. I don't know how His colors translate. His jacket certainly was white. <laughs> but these really light colors that match yeah. one another. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, oh, Beautiful it's lighting so again. And um, this is where we learned that what happened was at the train station back in Paris is that um, Ilsa had previous, previously thought that her husband Laszlo was dead after being imprisoned in a German concentration camp. And like the day that they planned to leave and the Germans marched in, she learned that he was still alive and like hiding somewhere. And so she like went to him. Yeah. Which I will, I'm curious to know how the play handled the same sort of scene, because I'm curious if some of the decisions, the character of Ilsa was like completely different in the play. Okay. I'm curious if her, like some of the stuff that went down was like, to get around the censors 
Like, have you ever thought about that? It works. Oh, they changed like, they changed the character to make her more sympathetic because in the play she was like a very brash American character, like a very much like a Mae West type. Mm-hmm. And so they changed her to someone like more sophisticated, like a more sophisticated European yeah. lady in the movie. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I think it absolutely works. I'm on board with it. I'm just mm-hmm. curious if that's the decision you would have made without that constraint. Just Food for I'm trying thought. to remember if they did that because they were worried about censorship. I think they were just worried about the sympathy angle, but there may have been a censorship mm-hmm. worry there too. Especially if the character was not married to Laszlo in the play, then I'm sure there would have been a concern there. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, this is also a scene where I kind of noticed that a lot of Ingrid Bergman's acting in this movie is reactions. Yes, and close-ups on her face where, yeah. like, when Rick basically accuses her of having other lovers. Well, especially in, like, the Paris flashback scenes. Like, the oh, way that yeah, you know yeah. that something's wrong with her, like, she does not, like, she, she just doesn't have that many lines in those scenes. And it's so much just, like, the change in her demeanor mm-hmm. that, like, you understand that something's wrong. That, like, right. something has changed even though you can't say exactly what. Yeah. And that, I think, is also shown in that, again, to go back to my earlier comment about when Rick accuses her of having other lovers, and she just doesn't even dignify it with her response, and, like, gives him this icy look. Well, and I think that's when she explains that Laszlo was her husband. Yes. And so, again, really fantastic acting from her, or acting between the lines. (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, I know it. That uh, was horrible. I, I apologize. This episode was going so well until then. JK, was it going we well? Got a massive plot point. So the next day after, well, Ilsa and next Rick day. have left. So the scene in the cafe with Ilsa and Rick, it does not end well. Like they are not on good terms. Yeah, and Rick is basically like, no. Yeah, not he's, give you he's just like, I'm not going to help. I think she. I'm. I'm not even sure if she asks if she asks him for help right then, but like he just basically like he tells her to get out. Yeah, and she does. Yeah. Um, and then we see a scene with Laszlo and Elsa talking to Ferrar- Ferrari. Ferrari. He's like another big figure in like the underworld of Morocco and yeah. like deals on the black market. He has his own bar. Again, talking about the contrast between Rick's place and Ferrari's place. Like Ferrari's is this like grungier, kind of gray, darker sort of establishment that you yeah. can tell. Like, Rick is supposed to be our shining knight and this Ferrari guy. <laughs> Apparently like you don't want to mess with him. <laughs> no, but he's played by Sydney Greenstreet, who... Oh, no, he's amazing. Yeah, who's perfect for that part. I just, again, love how they use that contrast. Yeah. Um, so Ferrari's like, Rick has the letters. Basically, he's like, I can't help yeah. you because between me and you, like, basically, the Germans have been like, yeah, nobody can help this guy or else, like, you're fucked. Yeah. Because the Germans, remember, Major General. Sorry. Major Strasser. (laughs) Do not give this man a promotion. Okay. He's there to stop Laszlo from leaving Morocco. Yeah. Ferrari's like, I can't help you, but there are these two. Like, the only thing that's going to get you out of this city is going to be those two letters of transit that were taken from the two guards that were murdered. So, like, Mm -hmm. that's your only hope. And I suspect that Rick has them. Yes. So meanwhile, while Laszlo's like, okay, I'm going to go like make some inquiries to like some other places and stuff. Ilsa's like kind of browsing these like stalls out in the market. Which let me tell you, this had some like comedic moments in this particular scene because the one shop vendor is like, oh, I'll give it to you for 700. No, the discounted price, 200. No, 100. And then Rick walks over and he's like, oh, but for friends of Rick. 
this much. And he's got the little cards with the price on oh, it. Wait, the it's amazing. Because I think it was like napkins or like a tablecloth. It looked like know. lace. Some, some sort of lace. Um, but Rick sort of sheepishly apologized to Ilsa. And he's like, I'm, I was very drunk last night. Like, I shouldn't have been so mean. Like, all that stuff. Which, I roll. But <laughs> there's still tension there. And Absolutely. Well, and before we move off her costuming in this scene with the hat her costuming throughout the movie it was delightful so she's a very very stylish 1940s woman yes this is where laszlo decides that he's going to talk to rick and basically like rick won't sell the letters to laszlo and laszlo's like why and rick's like ask your wife oh which i have to say going forward i really like the way that laszlo handles this it makes us really like him too because he's not like, what? Like, what happened? And he's not jealous. Like, he says to Ilsa, basically, like, you must have felt very alone when I was in the concentration camp. Like, you must have felt abandoned and alone. And she's kind of like, yeah, I was. Like, he doesn't get angry about the situation. And then, of course, mm-hmm. moving forward, he also at one point tells Rick, like, take my wife in the letters of transit and go. Like, get her out if you can't get me out. Like, yeah. Well, and this was, I think, when we came to find out that Well, and even talking to Ferrari, Ferrari's like, I could probably get her out. Yeah. And Laszlo's like, you heard him. Like, he could get you out. Like, you should go. And she's like. But she's loyal to a fault. Well, well and I like what she says because it's not the idea that like she's just super loyal to him but that he's also been there for her like that because she's mm-hmm. like did you leave you didn't leave me when i was like sick in marseille yeah and i like we had to hide for two days like you didn't leave me then like i'm not gonna leave you now so i really like their relationship and like the way that they are so understanding of each other and also clearly love each other yeah and mutually supportive that's, yes that's the thing it's like not a one-sided deal no no and it's i think that's so important because as much as we like rick you you don't know which way you want ilsa to go like i mean i do (laughs) i did not want her to go with rick the entire time (laughs) i mean i think well okay spoiler for this movie i mean we always spoil everything if you haven't figured that out by now but like i think the ending for this movie is absolutely perfect oh agreed but I also, I, I also really like an unrequited love ending. I'm starting to realize as we've watched multiple movies like that now, where I'm oh, like, oh no, this ending's perfect. You're a romantic at heart. Eh, I wouldn't go quite that far. <laughs> but um, no, I think the movie ends perfectly, but I think there there are reasons that like both Ilsa's relationship with Lazo are good and Ilsa's relationship with Rick are good. Like you, they're both like both sides of this love triangle. I, well, there's, I guess, technically three sides to a triangle. Both but it's legs like, of this love triangle. Yeah, because there's no Rick Laszlo thing going on, so it's not like a true triangle, though. <laughs> that remake would Where did that really... Come from? <laughs> well, I was just visualizing how this triangle works, and I was like, technically, there's no link at the like at one side. I'll draw a diagram and post it and be it's like, this is what I was Maggie. thinking. <laughs> Um, no, but if you have, okay, hold on, we gotta, we gotta talk through this. So if you have Ilsa at the top, she's point one. She would be. Oh, shut up. <laughs> so Ilsa up here, and then if we have, like, Rick is another corner, and Laszlo is the third corner, like, there's a connection between Ilsa and Rick, so that's one side. There's connection, there's a connection between Ilsa and Laszlo, so that is the other side. 
There's no connection between Laszlo and Rick. So really, it's just well, but an upside down V. <laughs> or a right side up V if she's on the bottom. Depending however way we want to flip this. Oh my God. But that's the expression, Maggie. I love that. I know, triangle. I know. And I'm the one who introduced it to the <laughs> podcast. I'm just saying that now I'm rethinking it. Anyway, maybe, maybe in the remake, we do have a Laszlo Rick connection. I'm kidding because this better never be remade because it's I mean, already perfect in its current iteration. Sort of like in the Broadway melody, there was that very gay subtext between the patrons in that couple scenes. <laughs> anyway, we're getting sorry way tangential on. Sorry. I will I will stop talking about movies <laughs> um, geometrically. <laughs> so, but anyway, so because said, because oh, the sorry. relationships are really good, I think I think both of those relationships between Ilsa and either Rick or Laszlo, they're very strong, very nuanced, very different relationships. Yes. So we're back in Rick's cafe now, and that's where Laszlo and um, Ilsa kind of have the discussion where she admits without actually having to explicitly say that like there has been something between her and Rick and that's why he won't give the letters of transit to them. Mm. Actually, she may actually say like, this is why he won't give us the letters of transit. So while that's going on, you also have, and this is kind of the cool thing about every scene in Rick's cafe is because you have the locals, you have the refugees, Mm -hmm. you also have Vichy officials, you have German officials. So it's always at least some like, base level of underlying tension going on. And we've also established at this point that um, Renault will bring beautiful young women who are trying to get out of Casablanca and are like trying to immigrate to the U.S. He will kind of like seduce them and be like, I can get you out if you like do something for me, basically. Again. Again, the smarmy side of his character. Smarmy is a very generous word (laughs) the gross side of his character thank you (laughs) the fucked up side of his character yes um but there is a young couple from uh i think they said that they're from bulgaria eastern i I think it was bulgaria um and the uh i'm gonna say girl because like she's pretty young the wife the wife um yeah they look like they're like 20 tops I mean, they probably were. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But the wife goes up to Rick and is basically like, will Captain Renault like keep his word? Well, at first she gives this long speech that she's like, if a woman loved you very much and then she did something bad, but she never told you about it, like, would you forgive her? And I'm like, if he doesn't never knows, like, does he have enough to to forgive forgive you? (laughs) I mean, then you have to just deal with that yourself, which I'm sure is psychologically horrible but you know i mean it's not really like if he doesn't know there's something to forgive does he have to actually forgive but they're desperate to get out you get the point Mm -hmm. but and finally he's like what are you asking from me and she's like will renault keep his word basically being like if i sleep with renault will he get us out and rig like tells her honestly he's like he always has before and she's explained that like her husband's at the gambling table like at the roulette table like trying to get the money but she's like this is the the option sweetest thing yes so then rick finishes talking to her and he goes into the gambling table and he like, I don't know exactly how he knows which of the people is her husband, but he knows. And he tells him to play, was it 46? 14? I it was 22. It might've been 22. I don't One remember the One of the numbers. The number. He tells him to like put his money on a specific number and the kid, I'm going to call him a kid because again, they're very yeah. young and he does and he wins and he's like, keep it there. 
And then after that time, he's like, okay, you've got enough for your visas, go. Because basically, Ren- Renault will also, like, they can oh, pay yeah. they can pay for visas on the black market. Can- probably from Renault. Yeah. Um, I mean, he takes payment in many forms, yeah. apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's Renault for you. Um, and he's like, okay, you got to, like, get out. I don't want to see you back here again. And the look on, like, the wife's face, because she knows exactly what he's done. And she just, like, goes over and, like, hugs him and, like, I think she she kisses him, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean it was chest, but it's you know, fine. yeah, no, it's it's it was like, like a it's like a sweet, sweet kiss. Yeah. Um, and he's he basically like he's like, Okay, okay, but don't tell anybody I did this <laughs> kind of deal. And but I love again, that he's such a such a sweet man, well, even like, though he's like you have, neutral. So you also have throughout the movie these amazing minor like minor, minor characters. Yes. Like you have like the bartender, you have the waiter, um, you have Vaughn, who is like a local uh, French girl who clearly had something with Rick and then he dumped her and she's very not okay with it. Um, But like word gets passed around the cafe among the employees, like what Rick did. And like a lot of them like come over and like hug him. I think the bartender comes over and like kisses him or something. He's like, boss, what you've done. It's a beautiful thing. (laughs) He's like, get behind the bar again. I also, one of my, sorry to sidetrack. One of my favorite lines in the movie is from the bartender. It's when Yvonne is like drinking at the bar and Rick's like, um, or she's like another one. And, um, Rick tells the bartender to cut her off. I think his name's Sasha. And, uh, she was like, no, I said another drink. And the bartender just leans over and goes, Yvonne, I love you, but he pays me. (laughs) It was delightful. I love that line. Um, So after the scene, um, I believe this is when the Laszlo. Well, and that seems really important too, because that is the scene where we discover Rick cares. Like there is still like Rick still has a heart. Yeah. Because up to this point, he won't help Ilsa. Yes. Well, because up to this point, like he's been very neutral. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he's not stuck his neck out for anybody. He was extremely, extremely rude to Ilsa, like, you know, which I think is kind of the brilliance of the script is that they give us that really kind of rough scene where Rick and Ilsa leave things very not good. And like things still aren't great after they talk in the market, but then they show us a scene of Rick doing something so kind. Yeah. In order to be like, he still has a heart. Like it's still there. It takes a little bit to get it out of him, but like, well also not for, also, you have to do it for, like, people who haven't wronged him horrendously. Like, yeah. that, I don't know. But here's, again, when we get a scene with Lazo and him in the transit paper. And he's like, nope, go ask your wife. And immediately we start to hear the German soldiers singing Watch on the Rhine. Yeah, well, I'm, Lazlo and Ilsa have already had the conversation at this point. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, so basically... Yeah, I think Laszlo comes and talks to Rick again or something, but um, that's when the German soldiers start singing. Yes. And immediately everything like gets super cold in the bar. Love it. You can tell that people are like mm-hmm. not on board with their new German overlords at all. And I love, again, piling on with Rick being like a very likable character is like, okay, band, or was that Laszlo? No. No, it was Laszlo. No, wait, how dare, what how am dare I doing? you take this from Laszlo? Oh Lazlo. my God, I'm sorry. No. Laszlo is telling the band. No, hold on. I'm going to re-describe this yeah, scene because you're it. fucking it up. Okay, so the Germans start singing, and it's very boisterous and immediately takes over the entire mood of the cafe. Like, attention on that, and you can see that everyone's really uncomfortable. And of course, Laszlo is furious. 
Because he's and, the resi- Czech resistance well, okay, guy. Okay, so I will say, Rick is our protagonist. Laszlo is our hero. Love it. Yeah. Yes, I'm um, for that. Because he... Remember, this is the guy who is being hunted down, basically, by the Germans. Like, there has been someone expressly sent to Casablanca to make sure he doesn't leave. He's already escaped one concentration camp. Like, he's he should be laying low. Theoretically, Laszlo should be, like, laying low, not drawing any yeah, attention to himself. Yeah, not. But he can't. Like, he can't just let this happen. So he gets up. He goes up to the band, and he goes, play the Marseillaise. And I like that, like, the band looks at Rick like, huh? And Rick's like, yeah. Do it. And so they strike up the Marseillaise and they start singing it. And everyone in the bar other than the Germans starts singing it and just drowns them out. And like you even have Yvonne who up at this point, like she was coming in with German officers and everything. Mm -hmm. And like there's a close up of her like crying as she sings it. And it's like super powerful. And I like tear up every time that scene is on. One of my favorite scenes from the entire It's so good. I'm about to tear up right now talking about it. But... This is what means, like, Renault is now forced to close the bar. Oh, yeah, because Strasser, Strasser's, like, super butthurt over, like, people singing their own national anthem to drown them out. Like, anyway, that, But what? what I love is that he closed it for gambling and then immediately is like, Renault, here's your winnings. <laughs> well, the exact line is, and again, Clotterine's so great because Renault's like, oh, but everyone's having, I love when Strasser's like, I thought I saw gambling going on here. Doesn't that mean you should close it? Because technically Renault is like the police authority in the town yeah. still. And Renault's like, but everyone's having such a good time. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, close the bar. Fine. Well, then Renault's like, Rick's is closed indefinitely. I'm shocked, shocked to find there is gambling going on here. And then of course, like someone walks up and is like, Captain Renault, you're winning. So he's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, Renault often is that comedic relief yes. on top of the, yes. these oh, stuff, which sure. I, I love, love that about it. Yes. Um, so this is when Ilsa confronts Rick and finally tells her side of exactly what mm-hmm. happened. And it's basically like, as Maggie said earlier, thought my husband was dead, found out he wasn't. That's why I left you. But this is after she's held him up at gunpoint. Yeah, she just held him at gunpoint, which I always forget happens. But it's amazing because I'm like, oh. Because she's like, I need those letters of transit. Because it, when previously when they walked into the cafe that evening too, Strasser was like, I'm going to need you to come by my office tomorrow. Or I think Renault was like, I need you to come by my office per Major Strasser's request. And they're like, are those orders? And he's like, let's call it a request. <laughs> yeah, because he refuses to like he's really commit. Is, he's such a diplomat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Renault will like almost never fully commit to anything. Yeah. Except for he will fully commit to not committing. Um, but That's basically when... Ilsa's like, we, like that, like they're in trouble. Like, yes, they were, quote, requested to come by the station, but like, they're going to be questioned and it could end very, very badly. And this is where you have all of these cogs finally mesh in this final scene in the bar. Mm -hmm. And that's where you have Ilsa and Rick and Laszlo. And because Laszlo had gone to an under like a resistance meeting, Mm -hmm. which again, you should probably be laying low, but like, well, but he's not any use if he lays low. I know. And that's Laszlo's thing. But this is where we start kind of going breakneck speed towards the ending. Yes. Um, you know, Ilsa's finally told her side of the story. She admits that she still has feelings for Rick. Laszlo ends up back at the cafe because of the resistance meeting yes. got raided. And so one of the, um, I think it's the maitre d' at Rick's, like, brings him back to the cafe. Yes. And also takes Ilsa away really quickly. Because yes. that's like, okay, she can't be here, can't be a part of this whole thing. 
And this is when also they just don't want, they're like, Oh, Laszlo's here. Yeah, exactly. So like that's, he gets arrested in this scene. He's either like arrested or questioned again. There's anyway, there's some, there's something where like Renault is like, I think Strasser is going to pressure me to arrest him. And Rick basically talks Renault out of it and is like, if you let him go on this, I'll basically help you get him on like a bigger charge, AKA the murder of those two couriers because I have the letters of transit. Right. And, and then Renault's like, where did you hide them? He's like, Sam's piano. And Renault's like, oh, why didn't I look in the piano? <laughs> I like, I like Rick and Renault's relationship. It's it was very pretty funny. Well, and it's like, they're friends. And they, they are, really they are care. like, yeah, they're like, they are weirdly friends, but, but yeah. they've, they set up that, like Laszlo wants Rick to just take Ilsa in the letters of transit and leave. And then mm-hmm. Ilsa also thinks that she's going with Rick or that no Ilsa thinks that they're going to let Laszlo go and she's going to stay with Rick. So everyone's got a slightly different idea of what the plan is, which is honestly probably not a bad idea given that the plan is like super risky. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a very risky plan. Cause like what ends up happening is when, uh, Renault was going to come and arrest Laszlo yeah, so, on that Trump. Like, so that Ilsa, yeah. So like Ilsa and Laszlo show up at the cafe, and like Renault is there and like going to arrest them. Which Laszlo and Ilsa are both like, "Oh my god!" Like this was not the plan. Exactly. And Rick, Rick is like, "It's my plan, bitches." Yes, holding Renault at gunpoint, being like, "Okay, yeah, we're going to the airfield." Yeah. So they go <laughs> to the airfield. Which, fun fact, that plane was not a f- real plane. It was a cardboard model. Which is why there's a lot of fog to obscure how shitty the model is. I would be lying if I told you I couldn't tell. (laughs) (laughs) I cared not at all. I cared extremely much, especially after Wings. Come on now. That's not what this movie's about, Ian. This movie's about relationships. I demand documentary style films. I'm kidding. I'm absolutely kidding. I have some really (laughs) bad news for you about this podcast. (laughs) So what ends up happening is like everybody kind of in a huge shuffle gets like pushed on planes. Well, like, no, no, no. We're going to step through this piece by uh, piece. But I Ian. I don't remember the individual pieces. Well, let me enlighten you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. So they end up at the airfield, which it's like all foggy and misty and beautifully lit. And you've got like the plane in the background like started and the propellers going, which I like that the plane is like on because it gives you this like idea of like well there's urgency. a sense of urgency yeah because yeah. it's well, going to take off without whoever is going exactly they so get they, they get there and they've got Renault at gunpoint and um rick is basically like laszlo and ilsa get on the plane in the meantime while held at gunpoint Renault has been told to like call in the letters of transit and basically be like this plane will be taking off you can't stop it but he'll calls like Strasser's office and it like is saying all that stuff and Strasser's on the other end being like what what are you talking about and I was like oh my god Strasser you idiot but he picks up eventually yeah so they come down so yeah Strasser gets some people and they're gonna come uh stop the airplane right so that's when Rick tells Ilson basically like you're going with Laszlo like the two of you are getting on that plane and I love the way that Laszlo kind of hangs back on this and lets this just Beautiful little scene that's beautifully framed and lit between Ilsa and Rick happen where Bogey is delivering this monologue so well that's about how 
Everybody knows that two people's feelings won't add up to a hill of beans in this crazy world and how she needs to get on that plane with Laszlo because she'll regret it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of her life. And then he ends it with, here's looking at you, kid. And they kiss. And then Ilsa goes on the plane. And then... They take off. Yes. And <laughs> as they take off, we have the Germans arrive on the airfield. Just a smidge too late. Just Thank a, goodness. Just I a was touch. honestly... Strasser, if you'd picked up on the hint earlier... Well, good thing he's... There. I know, I'm happy that he did not. I'm also honestly kind of happy that he gets shot and killed in the end. Yes, because... Um, oh, another comedic moment here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Has Rick already... St- I, Rick might have shot Strasser before they get on the plane, actually. I think he does shoot Strasser before they get on the plane. And basically, he's like, you have to go. I'm definitely going to be arrested. And and Renault's like, yeah, he will be. Except, Except after they after they leave and like everybody comes over and is like about Strasser and um it, yeah there's a dead Strasser on the ground and Renault's like <laughs> a dead Strasser on the ground <laughs> Major Strasser has been shot round up the usual round up suspects the usual suspects uh. and I love it because he's not like Rick shot General Strasser he's just like he's been shot and just no more detail yeah. I love it. Because again, like the winds have shifted now. So what? And he, I think, likes Rick. So like, yeah, he's well, not going to And they decide, basically, it's the end is them walking through the fog into the distance, headed towards like a free French garrison in Brazzaville. And you have the line, Louis, I think this is the start of a beautiful friendship. Yeah. So it was, ugh. Yeah. It's a, it's, I love that ending. Ugh, maybe the greatest ending in cinematic history. Give me like... 80 more episodes and then i'll get back to you on that <laughs> i'm going with greatest ending in cinematic history um it was fantastic like pulled off amazingly like from costuming costuming the set sign, design, steiner score lighting score so again writing we're, we're performances huge fun fans. like there there's a reason it is again not just a classic film but the classic film yes so we have talked a lot we've rambled a lot you ready for rankings? For rankings. I'm ready for rankings. Okay. Okay. So I am putting Casablanca, don't get angry, at number four. Hold on. <laughs> One question, Ian. What the fuck's wrong with you? Behind Rebecca and before it happened one night. What the fuck is wrong with you? I liked Rebecca more. <laughs> Your list is All Quiet on the Western Front, Gone with the Wind, Rebecca, Casablanca. I mean, I can't get mad at you because they're all four really great films, but like... I am mad at you because what do you mean Casablanca is number four? I just, I don't know. The thing with Rebecca. So like, listeners, um, we will be having a new host from <laughs> now on because Ian has deeply offended me. I'm so sorry. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> but no, it's like all of the stuff that I see in Casablanca, like from the lighting mm-hmm. and the set and the costumes for me what about the characters being a million times better and more lovable and like just you care about them so much more and what about there being scenes that make you cry but i cared about the mystery in rebecca more than i cared about the characters in the mystery in rebecca is solved most of the way through actually you know pretty early what the solution to the mystery in rebecca is i know the mystery of casablanca is where will elsa go like is she going with Lazo to help him continue his work fighting the Nazis? Is she staying with Rick and then they're going to go fight the Nazis? I mean, we know that everyone's going to be fighting the Nazis at some point. I think that's the what's established pretty early. What the characters are also good, and like there are three good characters in Rebecca, and two of them get on your last nerve the entire film. One of them, Mrs. Danvers, is absolutely amazing, but 
in Casablanca, we have, again, Humphrey Bogart as Rick, Ingrid Bergman as Ilsa, Paul Henreid as Laszlo, who is like one of, I think, one of the greatest like heroes in cinema. And we have an amazing supporting cast in Peter Lorre, Sydney Greenstreet, Claude Rains, who gives an amazing performance as Renault. Like any other person giving that performance would have made him such an unlikable character. And then you have like all of the character actors making up the rest of the cast. I, can't, I don't understand what's wrong with you. For me, it's a style of movie difference. Do we want to re-record the episode and you can change your rankings to what it should be? Oh my God. <laughs> because I don't know if anyone can guess yet, but Casablanca is my number one. I know. And in is. all likelihood, it will stay there for the rest of this podcast. I know. I know. That's the thing though. We differ on the like, you love the character dramas. And this for me skewed more character drama. Oh, 100% is. But there is also Which is why a I lot of action. People get shot in this one. People don't get shot in Rebecca. Yeah, but they get like framed and strangled and drowned. Well, not actually. No, but. they just get framed for like a murder that wasn't actually a murder. And it's like. And emoliated. And it's an old man being creepy about a younger woman. Like, again, what's wrong with you? Just want to know. Explain for us. <laughs> I will not dignify that question with a response. <laughs> oh, okay, so it's your number this. one. Okay. I, for all of those reasons that it you is just my gave. Number one. Yes, yes. <laughs> for everything we've talked about this past hour and everything I could say if we talked for another hour, yes, it's my number one. So I think my top three right now are Casablanca, Gone with the Wind, All Quiet on the Western Front, and then Rebecca. No, then it happened one night, then Rebecca. So my top three are All Quiet on the Western Front, Gone with the Wind, and Rebecca. Yeah, I know. And there's something missing from that that should definitely be in it's there. So four. anyway, anyway, <laughs> um, thanks everyone for listening. I'm so sorry we had to end on that sad, sad note of Ian miss <laughs> ranking this amazing movie. So if you want to find us on Instagram and Twitter and tell Ian just how wrong he is, because I don't think he fully understands, you can find us at at Best Pictures Pod on both. Or, you know, if you need to explain in more detail to Ian why he is wrong, which I, believe me, I understand the need. She texts me every day with reasons why I'm wrong. It's fine. I you, will, can, you can pile I can on. tell you what the, like, next week's worth of those texts will be <laughs> saying, too. Um, then you can email us in at bestpicturespodcast at gmail.com. And with that, I'm Ian, and this is Maggie, and this has been the Best Pictures Podcast. Join us next time when hopefully Ian will make a better ranking choice. I don't know what we're watching next time, so I actually don't know what that will be. <laughs> well, tune in next time. Bye.